Hello and welcome back to FTTV podcast. We are back again with another episode. I'm your host Ali along with my fellow co-host Jawad. Jawad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, I know that we got some exciting topics today, so let's get into it. So, as the transfer window is approaching with the season's conclusion, a lot of players are looking to move and change clubs. But at the top of my list uh, this time around is Marco Verratti, who's a box-to-box midfielder for PSG. Rumors are linking him to Chelsea, uh, a reunion with his former coach, uh, Thomas Tuchel. So what are your initial reaction to the transfer rumor? My initial reactions is that PSG is in a whole lot of trouble. Though they won the League Cup this season, they're not likely to retain their league title. So with that said, there are going to be major changes. Whether that's the manager, whether that's the players, I don't think it is going to be the manager True. since he's recently joined. And I feel like there are some going to be players, some players that are going to be going in and out of the squad. And Ratti is a very, very good fit for Chelsea, specifically with Tuchel in charge. He is a Tuchel type of player who can utilize him to the highest ability possible, specifically in that box-to-box engine role that he, he can do a good job in there for. They already have the likes of Jorginho in there, right? We do uh, something similar to that. And Conte, right? You cannot forget him specifically because of his box-to-box abilities and his uh, stamina that the guy never slows down. So having another option such as Verratti would definitely add to the Chelsea midfield. What do you think? In the beginning, I wasn't a big fan of Marco Verratti because people overrated him because he played in the French League. But right now, I think he's among the best box-to-box midfielder in the world. He has improved a lot. And that is because of the appointment on managerial terms from PSG. Uh, the coaches have improved, improved him a lot. And with Pochettino, or if even if he joins Chelsea, he will only improve as a player. He's still in his prime and can offer three to four good years to any team he plays. But right now, if on the left hand of the screen, if you look at uh, the Chelsea midfield, Right now, we see that Thomas Tuchel prefers a 3-5-2 system where Kante and Jorginho play as the uh, holding midfielders pivot and Mount operates in the attacking midfield role. So, do you think if Verratti joins Chelsea, will he be a guaranteed starter alongside Kante and who misses out in the midfield? Uh, if there was a player who can miss out, I feel like it has to be Jorginho with uh, people linking him away from Chelsea as well. So, it could be that they're looking for a like-to-like replacement there. But no one's replacing Kante. The guy is the heart and soul of Chelsea's midfield with his never-give-up attitude playing till the last breath of the match. He is Chelsea's midfield. So I feel like if there was a room to be made, that has to be Jorginho. With him uh, going back to Italy and uh, playing in this area, ah, it's looking likely that the Verratti links are because they're looking to replace him. Though, if I was uh, Tuchel, I wouldn't want to get rid of Jorginho. He's been putting in very good performances as of late. So what I would really think is the likes of Milan with the double pivot, similar to Chelsea's, uh, we've got Kessier and Benesse and then Tonali interchanging in between. I feel like it's going to be a very similar system and you've got three very high quality midfielders in the likes of Jorginho and Kante along with Verratti. You're going to need all three of them to if you're going to compete in all different fronts which Chelsea is looking likely to do so next season as well in the Champions League, the Premier League. Of course, we got the FA Cup and all the other stuff that comes along with playing in the English highest tier. So, I, have, I want to ask you something. With Verratti and Kante as a starter, and Mason Mount, who is an emerging talent and will only get, get better with time, and to me, he is a good starter for Chelsea right now. 
so with that midfield do you think they they can compete with the best midfields in europe and let's say man city or man united i feel like uh, their midfield is not the problem and hasn't been the problem this season since uh, tuchel took over i feel like what where they struggle is they struggle to put forward the ball in terms of connecting the ball uh, th- they're doing a lot of deliveries right the service is there is just they, they need someone to fi- finish it right the goal that they missed from open like uh, in the champions league i think they missed it from like 3 yards out that that puts exactly. like everything in in perspective what they're missing they need an out and out striker who can really do the job for them a world class striker at that and they've been linked with a few strikers up front uh whether who ends up joining them is still a question to be asked whether ibrahimovic is still willing to spend the money on chelsea that's another question so my question to you is with the midfield sorted if rati comes in who do you think uh, comes in for, uh, to sort their striker position out if i'm being honest they spent a lot of money last summer they got kai havertz from bayer leverkusen for 100 million and he has been a, a kind of a disappointment if i'm being completely honest here and there we can see how brilliant he is but he is not uh, his role is not so- sorted out even with the manager like thomas tuchel in charge he usually plays as a false nine he even tried him as a striker but uh, his role is still to be determined by uh, thomas tuchel next season and i like him he's a good player along with that they bought uh, timo werner for 50 million that was a very big uh, spending there as well and they bought hakim ziyech who was agreed who agreed a pre contract with chelsea for 45 million but we have not seen the best of him in the premier league i don't think they will uh, pay a lot of money for a striking spot this summer and if i'm being completely honest they are uh, being really rude to Th- uh, tommy abraham who i think can so- solve their striker problems he is a perfect player who can uh, you know play in the premier league he knows the intensity of the league as well and to be honest he has scored 25 goals for chelsea in the last two seasons that is not bad for a 22 year old striker and being english i think you you do you don't need to spend a lot of money on the striking spot i think their defense needs sorting right now because thiago silva i don't know how long he can continue his form because he's 37 right now and he, his legs will only give up uh, with time So I think instead of spending on the striking spot they should give Tammy Abraham the chance to play uh, and they should invest in a central center back because Espiliqueta and Thiago Silva are getting old and they need to look look for a replacement what do you think very interesting point there Ali uh, I feel like uh, I would have missed out on that because how good the defense for Chelsea has been this season since Tuchel took over right So if I was making a judgment just based on looking their scoreline just based on looking what I'm hearing from the media I feel like defense was not the problem but you make a very solid point that they've got a very aging Thiago Silva at the heart of defense they do need someone to come in and essentially take over he can start as a deputy for Silva and then slowly uh, integrate into the team so that that is a very good uh, shot that they need someone in defense who can uh, come in and take over and uh, reports are linking a 50 to 60 million fee for marco verotti at 28 or 29 years old i think that's a very good investment i want to ask you this when you see verotti in performances in the past years against real madrid against barcelona what are the qualities that he he will bring to chelsea and what are the weak points that verotti offers along with the positives right so here's the thing about verotti the guy is a brilliant footballer in the sense that he has to play in a specific role 
if he's not in that role he's going to struggle like he has struggled in countless other matches now he's done good for PSG whether he fits into the double pivot at Chelsea is going to be something to see because the role that he plays is kind of taken already by Kante right Kante is what Verratti is to PSG now if he comes in and they have two enforcers in midfield that's going to be very interesting to watch because I, like i gave you the example the double pivot works as one defend uh, one midfielder being the enforcer and the other midfielder kind of uh playing the ball out of the back right almost like a deep play deep like playmaker and with kante and verati on the ball i feel like that's where they're going to struggle that's where jorginho is really good when he's paired up with kante he can play the ball out of the back of the midfield and connect uh the loose balls really get get themselves out of trouble that's where i feel like verati might struggle in chelsea but uh you can always make the changes like i said if all three of those uh, world class midfielders are playing you can interchange them in between and really find the best pairing for yourself but i feel like the strengths are definitely the uh, box to box ability and the enforcer level uh, play that he can bring to chelsea where he would struggle is with his passing range i feel like he is a very good passer but he plays it simple now when you're playing out of the back you do need someone who can have a high vision who can really pick out a pass whether that's 30 yards out that's where i feel like uh the struggles would come in if he's playing alongside kante whether he's playing alongside jorginho then that's another story do you agree absolutely but i do think that if uh, kante and verati play you get a lot of steel in midfield which jorginho doesn't offer i know jorginho is one of the best passers from that uh, sari system you know the sari ball was only ticking because he was in a very good form all along and he's a very good passer but i think in a uh, league like uh, the premier league you need to understand that when uh, there is a lot of intensity in midfield you need someone who can play, match with that intensity and i don't think that jorginho offers that verati will definitely be an upgrade in chelsea chelsea's midfield so let's move on to the next transfer and this is a tale of two friends all the way from argentina to premier league and the la liga right now it, i'm talking about sergio conagüero uh reports are linking him from Spain and England to a move towards Barcelona and uh with the Leon- Lionel Messi connection i definitely see it happening uh what is aguero aguero's future in european football does he offer more than luis suarez or is it a mis- is is it also highlighting a mistake of barcelona in letting the uruguayan legend go and getting another older striker in what do you think All right, so a couple of different points that I want to make here. So, first off, Aguero is not done. And the reason I say that is you got your example right in front of you, Luis Suarez. And then I've got another example for you when people thought he was done, he just went back and changed the whole game. That's na- that guy's name is Perlo. At AC Milan, we thought he was Ooh. done. He switched over to Juventus yes. and had a career resurgence, right? Uh so that's what I feel like uh Aguero is not done yet. You cannot count uh count out the ability that he has he he just has to change up the style of play he's still a lethal finisher he can still perform at the highest of level so if, uh it, a place in the european football scene is still out there for aguero he just has to find the right fit for him and i feel like though a romanticized version of playing alongside messi in barcelona would feel uh, and tug at the heartstrings of a lot of different fans i don't feel like that's the right move for him as of right now because first thing what's going to happen with Bar- uh, barcelona and messi we still don't know the reports are suggesting that if Bar- barcelona is supposed to keep messi messi would have to cut his wage in half 
right whether he's gonna do that or not is another story and then another report linking another midfield uh, another striker today with barcelona is holland they are desperate to get him so desperate so that they're willing to let go of messi in order to get holland so uh, again these are just reports so if holland is coming into barcelona i don't really see a place for aguero the only uh, way I feel I can see this is happening is that they need an immediate fix. But you can tell that Aguero went to Atleti and that made the difference for Atleti hopefully winning the league this season. His 19 goal contributions, I think more than that at the moment. I think he scored 19 goals alongside with some assists. Has, uh, has been the difference between uh, Atleti being a few points ahead than Barcelona. If those same goals were scored exactly. from Aguero... Sorry, the same goals were scored from Suarez at Barcelona. I feel like Barcelona would have had the shot at winning the La Liga title. What do you think? I think uh, uh, you talked about Messi, whether he stays at Barcelona or not. The reports are also saying that Messi is the one who who convinced Aguero to join Barcelona. So he might be staying after all. And honestly, uh, Ronald Koeman, I did not, did not like the appointment uh, of Barcelona when they hired him. But he has somewhat stabilized the first team. But I want to ask you this thing. Barcelona have been a club who has all, always put La Masia and the youth at the top. And right now, the stabilization that Komen brought in is also uh, due to the involvement of the uh, youth products that Barcelona have in the squad coming into the first team. So by buying Aguero, aren't you going against that philosophy? And will that be a good move considering everything when it happens? What do you think on that prospect? So you're absolutely right that Barcelona's uh, golden period was built on the generation coming through the La Masia Academy. Now they've got players like Ansel Fati and Pedri coming in, really doing a good job out there. And you're going to hinder their growth if you have someone the likes of uh, even Haaland coming in. Right? They brought in Anton Griezmann. He struggled and then he does some good job and then he struggles again. Is going in and out of the first team. They've got Usman Dembele playing up front. Uh, their policy kind of changed from what they were known for to kind of their rival's uh, policy, which is bringing in galactical-level talents uh, in the likes of Dembele and Griezmann. And now if Haaland comes in or Aguero comes in at that point, I kind of feel like Barcelona's identity is getting lost in the shuffle. And they really need to stick uh, with what they know, which is the La Masia graduates, which have been doing great for Barcelona as of late. So with that said, uh, who wouldn't want Haaland in their team? That, that's the question. Absolutely. Would you, as a uh, manager, if you were in charge of Barcelona, wouldn't you want Haaland on your team? Wouldn't you want uh, Aguero on your team? And there's another report linking uh, Memphis Depay of Lyon uh, with Bar- Barcelona. But that hinges on if Coman stays or not. If Coman is to leave, I feel like that connection is lost and Depay might not be coming in. So Barcelona are in search uh, definitely for a new striker. And I feel like they're going to get one and the most likely outcome might be Haaland. What do you think? I think uh, they are in, first of all, we need to know that they are in depth right now. There will not be a huge spending. They might get in one marquee signing and Haaland is the right way to go, in my opinion, because he will bring in a lot of youth, you know, and Aguero does not provide that, obviously. So Haaland and you know, the signing of Haaland might even convince Messi to lower his wages and stay because of the silverware that they might win. But if you look at the Barcelona team right now on the left of the screen, uh, considering, just assuming that uh, Ronald Koeman stays the next uh, next season as well and Aguero joins Barcelona, 
what is the attack that you want to build and who misses out does griezmann uh, go out anzu fati go out or messi drops deep what is the ideal formation when it comes to attacking system that barcelona should opt for in aguero joins right so i feel like uh, we might want to go back to the msn days with messi suarez and neymar and this time around you you might have the likes of aguero griezmann and messi playing up front the only difficulty is all three of them kind of occupy the same spot on the pitch as of right now right so where do you play them True. where do you play messi where do you play aguero specifically aguero and griezmann both are a very similar profile in terms of uh, the way they play so can they really fit both of them in there or are they looking to ship uh, griezmann to some, some somewhere else right you can have uh, you, you cannot leave anso fati or even pedri out of the starting lineup as of right now so uh, that that's what i feel like uh, the trouble comes in of uh, if you want to go with winning right now then aguero is a good choice but if you want to build towards the future which i feel like they should aguero might not be the right fit and bringing in a different player specifically even if haland comes in uh, where where does he fit in uh, cuz haland and griezmann uh, kind of occupy the same space right so that exactly. that that's where, where the difficulty comes in how how do you see them lining up So neither Aguero and Haaland currently are the perfect need for Barcelona. I think Memphis Depay makes a lot more sense because he has played for Lyon over a hundred times at the left wing spot, and even at United he used to he was deployed at the left wing, and he is kind of the perfect left winger if I'm not wrong. He kind of offers a Ronaldo uh, role, and he does well at it. So I think Depay makes a lot more sense and will be a lot cheaper than Haaland and. Aguero might demand a huge set of wages, you know. Let's get on to the next topic, and that is Manchester United. Uh, Kane and Sancho both are on the table, but we need a lot of factors uh, in place to for that to happen, you know. And Roy Keane recently said something. He said, as long as McTominay and Fred are as a double pivot pivot at United, they will not win trophies. What are your take on one of the best midfielders in European football for Manchester United? What is your take on it? So I feel like Manchester United is in a limbo right now. They need to figure out what their project is because if they're to catch Manchester City, they don't have the squad to do that right now. So they need to know what their aims are. If they want to go for the uh, Premier League title, they definitely need to add some squad depth into the players. And even their most creative midfielders, as of right now, Bruno Fernandes is kind of struggling. You haven't heard his headlines being made recently, though he has the third most uh, goal contribution uh, from his first uh, 50 appearances in Premier League uh, all time. He has been doing good. But as of late, there's nowhere to be seen, and that that's where the difficulty comes in with United. A lot of the players go in and out of form, and that's where the struggle coming in is. So you need some squad depth to really uh, take yourself to the next level. When uh, with uh, Cavani renewing, uh, I'm not sure what uh, they're looking for up front, but they've got a very great uh, young fo- uh, forward line in in front of them. So that's something which they can build on, and bringing on someone uh, more experienced, uh, someone similar profile to Cavani. would do a good good enough job for Sol Sharifi is to again compete in all three different fronts uh in the cup the league and champions league this season with midfield they they've got Pogba at least that uh, kind of saga is slowing down so midfield is somewhat handled but they do need to uh again uh, strengthen their midfield with squad depth right they have world class players in the like of Nanj and uh, Pogba playing 
but uh, what else do they have who are at that level they have other players but are they really at the world-class elite level that they need to compete against the likes of uh, Manchester City and even uh, Liverpool who might be coming back next season uh, so uh, again exactly. the, the most uh, worrying part for United right now is the defense which let them down again as they lost against Leicester City right so the defense was nowhere to be seen in that game and again if uh again um, that that's where the problem is ferguson said if you don't concede you don't lose right so what what's going on with there they've got harry maguire who's doing a good enough job but is he really the answer uh a lot of uh, united fans are not for that even though he is your captain uh he, sometimes he's struggling for form right and you cannot kick out your captain out of the starting lineup so that's another conundrum that's facing uh, Solskjaer at United. Cool. So that, that's my take. Uh, who do you see coming in to fix these problems? Uh, which people do you think uh, you want transferred into United? Well, if we see on the screen on the left-hand side, we see the current setup that Ole has deployed at Manchester United. McTominay and Fred play as a double pivot uh, as holding midfielders. And Bruno Fernandes offers that free role in front, behind the attack and he can create chances from there as well. On the left, Pogba has been deployed, surprisingly, instead of Martial. And that is a very good choice, in my opinion, and has worked fin- uh, fantastically well for a major part of the season. On the right, uh, that is Greenwood's space, uh, and Rashford is also deployed there. Rashford has obviously played more matches than Greenwood, and that is obviously given considering the experience of Rashford. I'm really confused by uh, Sancho and Kane. Peep, uh, reports are linking uh, Sancho and Kane both to United. But when you have offered Cavani a contract, obviously he needs to be involved next season because he signed a contract on the basis of the role he will be playing next season. And if Sancho comes in, uh, where does Greenwood go? Because Greenwood has slowly becoming uh, a good play- good enough player to start for Manchester United. And even again in the defeat against Leicester, he, he, he was the one who was looking very lively and scoring. I like Greenwood from the right-hand side. And when you bring Kane in, where does Rashford go? Where does Marshall go? Where does Cavani go? Uh, one of uh, one or two of the players have to be benched. So that is something that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to figure out. I really uh, need to say this though. United need to prioritize a defensive signing rather than bringing in attackers. Sancho will be a great signing. But you need to understand this. United have one of the worst uh, defensive record in the top six sides in the Premier League. So And now Harry Maguire is injured. He is doubtful for the Euros as well. And Lindelof, I think he's equally as useless as Martial. And they both need to go out. Uh, Pau Torres from Spain is linked with United. He's a very good defender. And I think they need one more uh, defender as well. Instead of Tuan Zebe or Lindelof. And United need a central defensive midfielder as well. So instead of the players that have been linked with United, I think a defensive signing would be a good priority. And I want to ask you this. Locatelli, Ruben Neves or Denis Zakaria? Who is the perfect replacement for uh, an aging Nemanja Matic? I feel like uh, Ruben Navas is the player, right? Specifically with the experience True. in Premier League, right? So uh, that that being said, uh, you, you got the likes of Locatelli, who uh, I've got a personal bias against him. So he, I, I really like okay. him as a player. He is a a great great addition to any midfield if he was to join United right but uh, I feel like uh, he he would struggle in uh, Premier League specifically because of the pace right so that's why I feel like Ruben Alves is the answer to United's prayers and I I just want to add on top of uh, what you were saying uh, Mason Greenwood as of right now he has 
he's I think he's the ah uh, what was the record yeah he scored the most goal uh, as a teenager in Premier League history he's more than Rooney uh, right now for United specifically that's what exactly, I'm talking yes. about right so leaving him yes. out of the starting 11 is going to be criminal it's going to be criminal so uh, Jaden Sancho coming in then you have to leave him out because why did you bring Sancho in right you have to leave him out so I feel like Sancho might not be a good enough uh, signing because he doesn't fit into what they're building right now and uh, that would be a, a very bad thing for Greenwood now on, on top of your second point uh, bringing in Kane uh, I feel like that that would be a good enough uh, addition specifically for adding squad depth because let's be honest here Martial hasn't been Martial uh, for the last season or so right that's why they had to bring in exactly. Cavani so Cavani has done a good enough job but then you see uh, what he, he's slowing down even though he has great instinct for goals most of his goals are inside of the five yard box right scoring headers latching onto the last ball so i feel like that's where uh, the trouble for united is coming in so kane would be a good signing along with any other forward who, who's got a young enough profile who can really link uh with the wingers uh, playing for united because i feel like they've got a lot of pace up front and cavani uh he, he's a different type of player now than he was so they need someone who's got pace up front so that that's definitely going to be a, a good addition so i feel like united might Makes need to sense. have three signings uh in this season and their priority is always has to be a defensive signing because look what happened to liverpool when van dyke went out right so you need a True. good uh, defender to back up right so uh, with maguire out a, a doubt for euros uh, who knows what's going to happen how what his recovery is like uh god be with him and le- hope that he recovers soon but i feel like a defensive True. signing for united is an absolute priority and before we uh, close this topic up i want a quick take on the front three for united bruno fernandes has to start in uh, the attacking midfield role and rashford i think is also a guarantee so uh, out of kane and sancho who do you pick and what is the other two options on the right wing and striker that you that you want to see for united so i feel like right wing has to go to greenwood i don't see a new signing uh, as as a necessary mark in the right wing spot it, it is the upfront where uh, they might need to bring in a change so Cavani and Kane interchangeable is what they need to look for again because all big teams need to have uh, great players right they need great players and then they need a second team which also has uh, full of full of great players so because they need to be exactly. competing on uh, at least Premier League and Champions League they want a deep run in there United has Champions League in their blood so uh, they would need the likes of Cavani and someone like in in the shadow of Kane who can really support the uh, finishing touches that they have to put in. What do you think? Makes sense. I think Sancho should be avoided instead of uh, bringing Sancho. Kane should be the star man at United with Rashford from the left and uh, Greenwood from the right hand side. Fernandez in behind. Pogba as a double pivot along with the new defensive signing, say uh, Ruben Neves or Locatelli. That is the way to go for United, and that is a scary-looking team. That Even is. as a United fan, I can, I can see that team uh, challenging for major trophies next season. So let's move on towards France. Uh, reports are heavily linking the Egyptian king Mohamed Salah from Liverpool to PSG. Uh, he has been a journeyman throughout his career, from Roma to Fiorentina to Chelsea to Liverpool. So, what are your initial take on the transfer, and do you think he fits in at PSG? So. There's a merry-go-round behind this transfer. 
And the first thing uh, that really uh, puts this in place is Neymar's renewal at PSG. So what Neymar's renewal at PSG tells me is that they are okay, somewhat okay to let Mbappe go because they know that he doesn't want to stay in PSG anymore, or at least that's what they feel like, right? So with Mbappe leaving, they would need a replacement for him. And that's where I feel like Salah would be a good fit for Pochettino's 11. Uh, Salah could come in and slot right into the starting 11 and uh, PSG would not miss a beat. Now, obviously, you cannot match the pace that Mbappe has. No one has that pace. So they would have to change up their style a little bit. But with Neymar's flair and uh, Angel Di Maria's direct approach, I feel like Salah would be a good addition and should fit in very well into uh, Pochettino's 11. What do you think? I think that your point makes a lot of sense. Only if Mbappe leaves, then Salah is a very good signing. Uh, Pochentino has always been a manager who likes a proper striker with two uh, multifunctional and versatile wingers on each wing. Like Son and Mora were playing behind Harry Kane at uh, Tottenham Hotspur. That was the best of Pochentino that we saw. Uh, right now, he has Mauro Acardi at PSG who has been in and out with his form and he is yet to show uh, his form from Inter Milan days. So, he has been kind of a flop signing in my opinion. Salah definitely fits in if Mbappe leaves, but if Mbappe stays, where do you fit in Salah? He's not an out-and-out striker. He's not uh, a replacement for Mbappe. Neymar won't give him his first place uh, team to Salah. In that case, that is just another uh, wage bill you're adding at the top of the wage structure at PSG. But when you look at the team on the left-hand side of the screen, you see the midfield needs a lot of restructuring. Uh, Julian Drexler, Angel Di Maria, are likely to move this summer. Drexler has been linked to with a return to Dortmund or Germany. So what do you think? Is Salah the priority this summer or should they go for some other areas on the pitch? So that's what happens with every single team that we always seem to focus on attack. And rightly so in some cases that you need to bring in an attacker and that really is what satisfies the fan. Now, let me ask you, if you were to bring in a uh, well-known striker compared to a somewhat well-known midfielder or even a, let's say, uh, defensive uh, signing like in the likes of defenders, who, what would excite you as a fan? It's obviously going to be the striker position. So that's why we, uh, you see every team being linked with a big-name striker. The likes of Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City, PSG, right? So all of these teams are linked with an out-and-out striker up front first before they uh, focus on what's actually the weakness of the team. And that's where we see a lot of struggles, right? So you're absolutely right. Uh, defensively, uh, PSG has a solid backbone uh, playing alongside with them, right? So what they really need is a midfielder who can pull the strings for them. And that's where they, they go missing a lot of the time because what they know best is attack, attack, attack. But they don't have that, uh, you can almost call it string puller. The likes of Gerard, the likes of Lampard, or even Skulls for that matter. Someone of the similar profile that can come in and really take care of the midfield and boss the ball around and ping the ball into the uh, wingers, into the forwards. Uh, I think that should really do the job because there's something missing for PSG that's making them fail the exactly. last hurdle, uh, even at the Champions League final, right? So they need something to True. make the difference. And I feel like a midfielder that can uh, pull the strings and really control the game for you is that, right? But uh, like I said, PSG is known as the fashion capital of football clubs, right? 
they would go for a marquee signing in the striker position rather than a stylish midfielder that can really do a good job for them. Do you agree? Absolutely, I agree. But I think Pochettino should make sensible decisions because his first season has kind of been a letdown. They are in the final of the French Cup, but they are losing the league to uh, Lille, who have a 37-year-old Jose Fonta at the heart of defence. That is a really painful uh, moment for PSG fans and they will lose the league because uh, they are four points behind uh, Lille at the moment and they are definitely not going to lift the French league this season. So Pochettino needs to be very careful in his second season and that is where I think he can make a mark with his decisions on and off the pitch and uh, bringing in Salah who is uh, kind of ending his prime at Liverpool will be kind of an awful move and they should focus on bringing in a defender who can partner up with Marquinhos at the back and they need a right back as well because uh, Florenzi is a player that Mourinho would like to have in his ranks at Roma and he will definitely go back uh, from loan and they need a right back as well. So a midfielder and a right back or a centre back should be the priority instead of Salah. But let's assume that Salah moves to PSG this summer. What are the front three that you want to see? So it's uh, pretty simple for me because I like that front three. Salah coming in from the right, Neymar on the left and right through the middle is Mbappe. I think that's that's your uh, front three. And then you have a Cardi and Mose Ken uh, who can uh, switch in and out from there. And you, you obviously got uh, the likes of Di Maria who can also switch up on the right wing. So I feel like that's the uh, front three for me uh, in, in the left-hand side corner of, our, of your screen. What do you think? Definitely, Mbappe through the middle makes sense, but he has kind of missed on that role uh, because he has been deployed to the right-hand side and left-hand side so many times by Pochettino that he, I don't think he will be as good in that role now. But let's see what happens. Uh, Salah to PSG makes a lot less sense than it does on paper, but let's hope for the best for Salah. He has proved his worth in the Premier League and I, I wish him the best of the luck for his next adventure. If he, like, if he is to take it on. Yeah. I want to add one more thing over here. Because if you really look at the league table, adding an attacker is clearly not the priority. Because if you see goals, goals for, PSG scored 80 goals this season. Whereas Lille, the team at the top of the table, has only scored 62. Right? What the difference so, is that they have conceded 22. Just 22 goals this season. And PSG's conceded 28. That's where the issue is. Exactly. That's what's causing them to lose points. And they're three points behind right now with two games to go at the time of recording. Uh, that's where they need to be addressing uh, their weaknesses. It's the midfield and it's the defense, like you pointed out so brilliantly. I don't think it is the problem uh, in attack. So, yeah, I, I feel like Salah, though, could be a good addition to any team. is not the way to go for PSG if they want to win some silverware next season. All right, so let's talk about something yes. right now, which is very interesting. Two huge, huge teams, the likes of Liverpool and Juventus, could be missing out on next season's Champions League. Liverpool are about four points off the pace with the game in hand, and Juventus are about two points off uh, from the top uh, top four, just behind Napoli. What do you see happening? Uh, who do you see missing out? Do you think both of them can make the Champions League this season? Uh, let's start off with Liverpool. Uh, they defeated my team, Manchester United, 4-2. And uh, kind of a fatigue factor is also uh, also played a part here because United have obviously played four games in the space of 12 days. But a uh, good win for Liverpool nonetheless. And that does give them some hope of Champions League football next season. But I think the Chelsea versus Leicester game is really important. 
Chelsea, as we know, lost to Arsenal last week, a 1-0 defeat for Thomas Tuchel. Highly unlikely, but it happened. So, if Chelsea and Leicester draw, then Liverpool are going out of the Champions League. But if Chelsea win or Leicester City win, then Liverpool can be seen in the Champions League next season. But regardless of that, I don't think Liverpool have done enough to deserve Champions League football next season. It would be harsh on Thomas Tuchel and it will be severely uh, embarrassing for uh, Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City to miss out on Champions League football next season as well. What do you think? I absolutely agree. I feel like Liverpool do not deserve to be in the Champions League next season with the way they have played. With the players they have, they should not be struggling till, uh, what, two games to go and they're still not sure if they're going to be in the Champions League or not. So that alone makes me feel like uh, they don't deserve to be in there. Uh, they should get the taste of the Europa League house and see what's that like, right? So, uh, but what would happen? Like, would Klopp stay? Would the players stay at that? Right, because you've got the likes of Firmino, you've got the likes of Salah, Van Dijk, players who are used to play in the uh, spotlight of Champions League. Do you see if they miss out on Champions League? Do you see any players leaving? Absolutely, I see Mohamed Salah leaving the first one out the door, but the rest of the team, Alexander Arnold, Robertson, Henderson, will stay because uh, Jurgen Klopp was the reason that. You know, they conquered Europe and they won the Premier League after so many years. So that is a level of trust that Klopp has with his men. I'm more worried about Jurgen Klopp's departure from Liverpool uh, because things are looking highly unlikely for Liverpool to finish in the top four. But let's see what happens. Now, let's move on to Juventus. At the time of recording, they're 1-0 up against Inter Milan and are, as things stand, in top four. But Napoli has a game in hand. With that said, right, so Juventus's fate is out of their hand as of right now. If Atlanta, Milan, uh, and Napoli all win their next games, uh, and with Napoli specifically, now let me re- rephrase that: if Atlanta and Milan win their next game this weekend, they all but confirm their Champions League spot for next season. And what the what needs to be said is Napoli is the only team which has to lose for Juventus to get in. Now, Napoli has two easy games coming up, whereas uh, Juventus right now are playing Inter. Uh, we're not halfway through the game and Inter is winning, uh, losing 1-0 as of right now. But Conte is the type of manager that's not going to take that uh, lying down. So this game, uh, whether if Juve loses or wins, is the key factor. Uh, but with that said, uh, it's out of their hand right now. If Gattuso's men do the job, they're in the Champions League and Juve misses out. But the question that I have for you is, if Juve miss out, what happens with Ronaldo? Does he play in the Europa League? That's really sad. I think uh, the president of Juventus, Agnelli, should be uh, lowering, lowering his head in shame right now. His managerial appointment of Pirlo, a man who has never managed a football club, was a disaster. And it was expected to be to be a disaster. And it has turned out that way. On top of that, when you buy free players like Ramsey, Adrian Rabio, and bring in Weston McKenney and hand them the first team role right off the bat, that is a very poor move uh, on Pirlo's part. So it is a, a terrible mess at Juventus. The only sh- shining uh, thing in their entire season is the form of Ronaldo. At 36 and a half years of age, the man has copped up 35 goals again in his career. And a player who has shown that level of commitment should be playing in the Champions League and should be a league winner. But when it comes to the move, you're absolutely right. I don't think Ronaldo will like to play in the Europa League. That is not a competition for players of his caliber. Uh, His mother said a couple of days ago that Sporting Lisbon have won the league this season in Portugal in Liga Nosh. And his son will play in that 
uh, team next season but on the same night uh, ronaldo's agent came forward and uh, declined the rumors and has said that there is no chance that uh, cristiano ronaldo would go to portugal this early in his career so definitely ronaldo will like to leave i think mls can be a destination for him but i would love to see him for either psg or manchester united because he brings in the experience and i definitely think he can still score 20 goals a season what do you think right so an update on the, the league tables atlanta won uh, the game this weekend so they all have but qualified for the champions league so the confirmed entrance from serie a is inter and atlanta as of right now and if milan is to win their game against cagliari they they should be going a, a secure champions league spot as well so that leaves again like i said napoli and juventus in the mix for the fourth spot and you also got the dark horses of the lazio right what happens with them so this claim uh, the derby d'italia derby d'italia is the key factor as of right now juventus is winning but if they lose out champions league is all but gone and i feel like ronaldo uh, would not stay i it it doesn't make sense he's not the player for europa league he is an out and out champions league player and what's happened at uh, juventus i feel like is anielli's fault through and through appointing a manager who's not managed a single game in his career it's what did you expect what did you expect you you bought ronaldo you're paying him this huge sum of salary what for you you, you don't want to win another scudetti that's not what your aim was your aim was champions league and now you're going to be missing out on that as well even qualifying for that it's absolutely criminal True. it's absolutely criminal so that that being said i feel like ronaldo to sporting is what i'm hoping and dreaming for i don't see it happening but i certainly if uh, juventus fail to qualify for champions league i don't think ronaldo stays at juventus bayern this last weekend actually won their ninth straight bundesliga title they are champions of the uh, german league again and with that this weekend robert lewandowski leveled the scoring record of gerard muller scoring 40 goals in a single solitary bundesliga season with a few games to go so if he's to score again he would be the sole holder of the title of the highest goal scored in a single bundesliga tie uh, season what what do you think of uh, bayern munich's achievement and specifically what lewandowski has been for uh, bayern munich this season if i say that he has been the best player in the world I don't think anybody can question that or will you know make faces on that claim. I think he has been the best player in the world for the past two seasons. Uh, the best out and out striker certainly at his role and scoring 40 goals in in a Bundesliga season is a major achievement. But I think uh, the best part is that people are recognizing how special of a player he was and he is and he will continue to be for a couple more seasons. So uh, the respect the level of respect that he gets now is not the level of respect he got in the past 3 or 4 seasons you know Lewandowski is now regarded among the best strikers to ever play the game and rightfully so so I'm very happy in that aspect apart from that I think with the Nagelsmann uh, taking charge at uh, Bayern Munich next season things will only get better he's also a very attack minded coach Uh, who will only uh, improve the first team options and when will have a setup at uh, Bayern Munich next season that will continue to challenge for titles next season and i will not be surprised if we see Bayern Munich in the final of Champions League and winning the Liga and Cup again what do you think i feel like uh, with Nagelsmann really taking charge uh, Bayern could be back in the Pokal race next season Dortmund won it this season but i feel like Bayern should be back in the finals next season 
And uh, the league, every time you see there's a race, something happens and Bayern wins it. Uh, and uh, I'm, I feel like they might break uh, Juventus' record. They've uh, they've joined them with the ninth uh, straight league title. I feel like they might do a tenth straight one as well because I don't see any team at their level in German football right now. And specifically with Lewandowski in the form that he is and uh, the players around him really uh, taking to the next level and they have a brilliant manager coming in. Uh, I, I think it could be Bayern's year next year as well. So with that said, let's move on to another team, a one dominant team to another PSG in France. They won the Coupe de France this weekend and they won it on penalties, that being said. But do you think winning the Coupe de France can really save the season for Pochettino, who's about four points off, feel like he might lose the league on, and they're out of the Champions League? Do you feel like this cup win saves his season? With the kind of players that uh, PSG have and Pochettino have at his disposal, this season has been a disappointment and people are chanting on Twitter that uh, Pochettino will never win a trophy. <laughs> He's a trophy-less manager. He b- belongs to Spurs. <laughs> that is kind of kind of disrespectful, but it's kind of true as well. Well, he did uh, win a trophy. When you got Mbappe and Neymar, exactly, he did. <laughs> but when you get Mbappe and Neymar at their prime, you need to challenge for the league. You need to be in the Champions League final. And that is the reason they bought him in. And the second season is a major key because that Apart from determining PSG's future, Poch will also determine his future. Whether he will be regarded among the elite managers in the coming years or uh, will he be another good manager, uh, a, a two-club manager that he has been so far. Uh, I think Una Emery and uh, Thomas Tuchel have had a better campaign than Poch so far. But let's see what happens next season. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like uh, this season can be regarded as a failure, specifically if you want to go with the point of view that Liga is a former league and PSG should be dominating sure. every single season. But with that being said, look what happened uh, to Antonio Conte. He finished a point off last season of Juventus and they absolutely dominated Serie A this season. So a second season is where you should really judge a manager because he's had the chance to settle in. He's had the, the time to really bring in the players that he wanted and settle in with the players that he's got. So I feel like next season is where you should be judging Pochettino. He's already won a trophy in Coupe de France. Can he retain and win back the Ligue 1 title? And can they really make a late deep run in the Champions League? That's where it, the questions should be coming in. As of right now, it's too early to say that Pochettino has been a failure at PSG. So let's give the man some time and see what he can do. Let's move towards Italy. A big news coming in that Juventus might be kicked out of the Serie A. Javad, what do you have about that topic? Right. So here, here's the thing. The Super League, European Super League is still kicking around. Three teams are yet to pull out officially. Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus. And the Serie A board has gone as far as to say that if Juventus do not pull out, they will not be able to register for the next season Serie A, right? So I think any Ali has to admit defeat and has to say that they're out of the uh, European Super League. That's the only thing. What, what do you think? Uh, do you think Serie A benefits if Juventus are not playing in it next season? Or if Juventus uh, are to be kicked out, what, what happens with them? I don't think uh, Juventus will be kicked out because of the stronghold they have in Italy and the kind of uh, followership and fans they have in Italy and around the world. They're the biggest club in Italy and that is nothing to be 
uh, I'm just being straightforward. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to <laughs> Milan or Inter or any other club. Uh, Juventus are the biggest club, history-wise, and you know their success is unparalleled. So they will not be kicked out. The best solution here is the president of Juventus should come out and apologize to the fans, like Liverpool's owner did, uh, and just be straightforward that we made a mistake. Won't happen again. Let's hope for the best. Changes are a part of football. They will happen, but next time we will be more, uh, you know, more careful on how we present the changes. That's the best thing that they should do. I don't see any other solution. I don't think Juventus will be kicked out. What do you? Think? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the only reason they're still holding out hope is because they are most likely to miss out on the Champions League next season. So the revenue that comes along with it is going to be missing as well. So that means they exactly. are going to be in big, big trouble. And they really needed that money that European Super League was going to bring. And now that no, that money is no longer coming in, uh, that's the only thing that's holding the, uh, them on to the European Super League still. So uh, I feel like Serie A is going to be a shell of its former self if Juventus is not playing in it. And I feel like Juventus has to be in it. Juventus cannot be missing out on that. But they really need to be figuring out a common ground in there. It's clear that the European Super League is something which is a pipe dream right now. And the only thing holding them on is because they have signed an agreement together, uh, that being Agnelli and Florentino Perez for European Super League, for them to just uh, vanish out of nowhere would be difficult. There is some legal uh, requirements in there that has to be fulfilled. But with that being said, I don't see Juventus going out of uh, Serie A. I, I feel like the death of European Super League officially is uh, very, uh, is going to be coming very soon. But it's not going to be the end for it because, like I said, Perez is not a loser, and Anielli is a scheming, conniving bastard of a man. So I feel like he is really going to uh, look for another way uh, to create a new competition and new form of revenue for Juventus. But yeah, I don't see uh, Juventus uh, being out of Serie A next season. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Uh, I've been your host, Javad, along with my co-host, Ali. Make sure to leave a thumbs up on this video. Leave a comment down below if you feel like there are some changes that we need to make. And if you agree or disagree with anything we said, make sure to hit the subscribe button and we'll be back next time. Until then, FDTV out.